Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Teeing It Up with CNB. Uh, I'm one of the two hosts of Teeing It Up with CNB. My name is Connor. We're back with another episode. Not really sure what the numbers are. We're getting up there. Probably around what, like 12, 13, 14? Try 25. Are we really? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, anyways, that voice you're hearing right now is the voice of my co-host, Vladdy. Vladdy, what's going on, man? How has your life been since we last spoke? It's been pretty good. Uh, had a relatively low-key weekend. Um, had the Friday off. Enjoyed enjoyed the day off. Uh, didn't do much other than kind of clean my room. Went out to see some friends Friday night. Saturday night, went to some apple orchard, scary haunted house thing, which was kind of entertaining because we just kind of what it was like. It's it, it's more designed for kids, but um, and you kind of had all like the actors all dressed up and all makeup, and they're like doing their best, and we're all a bunch of twenty three year old kids get some get some adult beverages flowing, and we're kind of not 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 making fun of them, we're kind of taking the piss. Like a couple of them were like, is it a like, bad one? What? Was it just like a bad kind of corny haunted no, no, house? It's not that it was corny. It's just where like it's like not made for us. Like that you had the guys running around with like, the chainsaws, but the actual like saw part isn't on there. So you're just like you're listening to a motor run, and they're running around trying to scare kids. Uh, and, and like we knew that, so like I'm so, sitting there, yes. I'm sitting there flexing on the guys. I'm I'm having a staring contest with every zombie that comes out. I was asking our tour guide about fantasy football. It was, I mean, like I said, I, I don't, I, maybe it can be taken as though we were making fun of them, but necessarily weren't. We were just trying to have a good time because it's not like something that can really get to us anymore, but had a good time with that. And then kind of back to the, back to the nine to five. What about you? So I'm in, um, I'm interested in, do you uh, see, I'm maybe I'm just a little girl, but like I, Depending on the scare, like if I went to Erebus or one of those famously haunted, like scary ones, like I would shit my pants. So Erebus is different because I'm pretty sure in Erebus you sign a waiver saying they're allowed to like make contact with you and like they can grab you, they can jar you, they like reach at your feet or anything. This one, it was like, don't, don't touch the monsters, quote unquote, and the monsters won't touch you. So I mean, I'm not, it was gotcha. just like, it's just like a family friendly thing setting. It's not, they're not trying to scare anyone. Okay. They're just trying to put okay. on a show. Right. Okay. Um, it's interesting. You talk about a haunted house. My parents were up North and I don't know if you remember when you were up there, that like old prison yes. that you, we kind of drove by. Oh yeah. So apparently that has been an old abandoned prison since like 2005 and they do a haunted house out of there. And, uh, they, uh, my mom and my dad's friend went in and they said that it was actually scary, like super scary. And they said the scariest part was like, whatever the chainsaw guy runs at you and you're in kind of in this creepy old jail. And, uh, but they had like little kid actors like being like, like, will you, like, will you feed me? Like, will you like, and she, and she's just like, I was not rocking with the kids <laughs> as a part of it. That was that part freaked me out. That took awesome. it to a different, like, possessed level. That's but, funny. Uh, um, anyways, yeah, I've been good. Um, actually, a great, a fun weekend for me. Didn't do anything too crazy. Uh, I was out with you Friday night. We went and grabbed dinner. Um, Saturday 
kind of hang out, watch football with a couple friends. Uh, was asleep early. Very, I fell asleep at like eight forty-five on Saturday, and uh, I had no, I had the worst sleep schedule. I fell asleep at like eight forty-five on my couch. Woke up at like ten fifteen. Put myself to bed. Um, woke up at like one thirty. And stayed up till like three thirty, and then went back to bed till like nine thirty a.m. It was just an odd night of sleep. That's terrible. Um, yeah, it was an odd night of sleep. Woke up, golfed Sunday, um, probably the last round of the year. So that was nice to get that, I guess, out of the way. I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I've been good. Uh, rocking with some school this week, ready to talk about some sports. So, college football is what I think we want to start with, correct? Yep. Yeah, so what do you want to start with first? Do we want to talk about playoff picture right now? I mean, kind of talk about games from there. Uh, or do you want to go into next week already? Or where do you want to start? I, I'm, I'm like, I was probably thinking just kind of go over the games that happened this past week, move it into a playoff picture, and then kind of go forward with the with the big uh, kind of the big the big the big game of the weekend, at least around around these parts, but. I mean, going into this past week, um, you had a battle of unbeaten Syracuse-Clemson. Looks like Syracuse actually might be able to pull it off. Um, DJ Uyagalele, three turnovers, got himself benched, and Clemson ended up pulling out a W. Um, so I guess in, it, it, I, I watched a decent bit of that game, actually. It was nothing really special. It was kind of a hodgepodge of whateverness, um, turnover here. Turnover there, bad offense here, bad offense there. So, I don't know. There wasn't much there. Another more interesting game, I'd probably say, I didn't get to watch all too much of it, was LSU-Ole Miss. Ole Miss was one of the kind of, I think, was eight unbeaten teams left in the country at that point, and they got absolutely curb stomped by LSU. Um, I know Brian Kelly, He uh, he's done a really good job with the LSU team, I know. You and I were sitting here after the first week when they lost to Florida State, and we're like, "Uh oh, this is this might be a disaster." And LSU is currently six and two, ranked 18th in the country with a with a game against Alabama at home. Are you going to beat Alabama at home? Probably not, but they're in, they're in a position to they're in a position to play. Um. Oh yeah, I guess you also had UCLA, Oregon. UCLA was also one of those unbeaten teams that was left. Um. Oregon beat them. Or Oregon looks pretty good. I think we'll, we'll kind of mention them later on when we talk about the playoff picture. And then other than that, I think those are kind of the big ranked matchups. Um, oh, I guess I see TCU. State it's Oklahoma State. Uh, yeah, Oklahoma State. They, they got a loss. So I guess women, I feel like right now it's not yeah, much. I'd rather just, last week to TCU. Yeah, I'd rather wait as the uh, kind of the games keep going and more teams get some losses before we start bringing in the one-loss teams in, into into play. Yeah, I think I think it's maybe not playoff picture, but I think the Big 12 um, is pretty clearly – maybe I'm forgetting someone. It's pretty clearly TCU and Oklahoma State, though. I think. Yes. Yeah, those are um, those, those top two. And I know TCU the week before. Yeah, TCU beat Oklahoma State the week before. But, I, I mean, uh, Oklahoma State, a nice come-from-behind victory against Texas. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh. They they played Kansas State this week. They beat them. They stay undefeated. Um. Right now, I mean, we said let's talk about the playoff. Um. You've got. I'm looking at it right now. You got six unbeaten teams, and then you've got about thirteen teams, or then you've got another five teams, six teams after that. 
that have one loss. Um, I mean, I, I think you can pretty confidently get rid of most of the one loss teams. I think right now with the, with the playoff, you're looking at kind of the three SEC schools, your two Big Ten teams. Clemson, I think, is obviously still in it is undefeated. I would say TCU and Oregon are probably also still in it. Maybe Oklahoma State as well, but I think they would need a lot of help. So, in my, I'm mean, in my opinion, those are kind of your. I think that I think the teams that are sitting in the top nine of the rankings currently are the ones that have a chance to go to the playoff, in my opinion. Yeah, I, it's. I wish I could say something different to debate. You said five teams are unbeaten right now. Six teams are unbeaten. So you can count that as five, basically, because Ohio State or Michigan is going to play each other. Well, I mean, um, Georgia and Tennessee is as well. So I guess it does. So I mean, they're going to play the each other. Go down. So that's yeah. four. Yeah. yeah. So, so there you go. So there's four right there. Um, yeah, really the only thing I see, you know, obviously we're a week away from the college football rankings or playoff thing or whatever they do. Um, is the first CFP and show next week? It's next week. It's it's scary to think about. Um, we're that far away from actually having the four teams, because if you think about it, so we're a week away from that. And in the first one last year, Michigan State was in the top four and playing in a playoff. Um, obviously, that didn't work out. They lost like three days later to Purdue and then eventually got absolutely uh, curb stomped, not on the same field. Um, playing croquet when they were playing football, stomped by Ohio State. Um, but yeah, it's just weird to think about. But early on, I, I don't know. It's the only thing I think I want to debate right now is I think I mentioned it to you earlier is whether Oregon is truly, um, it does a one loss Oregon team have any chance? I said no originally. Um, you kind of talked me into yes, but you have Clemson. You say two of the SEC teams, two of the three. Uh, that depends. And then you the have SEC, Ohio. The SEC can still play their way out. Um, if it let's say if Georgia runs the table, ends up thirteen and zero, a two loss Alabama team and a one loss Tennessee non champ. I mean, yeah, they might have a win over Bama, but. I think that does open the door for a one-loss Pac-12 champ or a one-loss Big 12 champ to get in as a fourth team over. Let's let's assume you have undefeated Clemson, undefeated Big Ten champ, and then Georgia. I think that does open the door for a one-loss uh, other other uh, one of the other two two Power Five schools. It's like got, I, know, I know it does, and it should, technically speaking, and it's part of the reason I support expanding the playoffs, but. Are we going to play the same old song we play every year and let another one of these undefeated, I hate to say smaller conference, but compared to the SEC and the Big Ten, the Pac-12 is a smaller conference in in terms of skill of their actual teams in the sport of football. Are we going to do that song and dance again when we give that this fourth team just like, oh, it's that team that deserved it from the other conference, like Cincinnati last year. You could say Oklahoma in a lot of years or two of the years they've made it instead of just giving it to the fourth best team, which is probably clearly whatever SEC, second SEC team that is, whether it's Alabama, I think it's going to probably be Alabama or Tennessee, um, but whichever one that is. I mean, 
I, I understand what you're saying, where sometimes maybe people are ranking resumes as opposed to what the team actually is. And the resume doesn't always tell you the truth, whereas you might see, let's say, 12 and 1 and 11 and 1, and you're going to have to go with the one that says champion next to the name. I understand that argument, but at the same time, this the Pac-12 is, I could almost argue the Pac-12 is the second best conference this year. They got four teams in the top 14. It, it's I mean, it's not the Pac-12 of old where, oh, by the seventh week, all the teams have two losses. It's not it, – it, I, I would probably argue it's better than the Big Ten this year overall. I mean, the Big Ten's having a terrible year. It's just I, – I, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. It is – it's interesting that the, the committee sits there and they kind of – their message is we got to get the best teams, and sometimes they don't get the best teams. They get the best resumes, and like I just said, pointed out, that sometimes lies. But at the same time, I mean – Let's let's say Oregon does run the table. You would have wins over USC, UCLA, Utah, and then one of those teams a second time. And you would have one loss, which however bad that was on the score, that was in August. They play the playoff yep. games, if I'm not mistaken, on January 1st, which is what, five months, four months later? I mean, if you're going to sit there and hold a loss that happened – four months ago against a team at some point, are you, are you actually still ranking the best teams or are you ranking resumes? Because Oregon has looked yeah. much better. They're not the same team that got boat raced by Georgia. And honestly, Georgia almost doesn't look like the same team that boat raced them. They've, they've played some close games in the, in recent weeks against teams that probably shouldn't be hanging around. Yeah. the Speaking to the loss you brought up, it reminds me of remember the year where it was like Michigan, Penn State were like fifth and sixth the last week of the season. And Michigan had beat um Michigan had beat Penn State, who at the time was supposed to be terrible, had beat them like forty four to fourteen or something terrible. Yes. And and Penn State ended up being like a top ten team. And Michigan almost got it like off of the resume of that win later on. So that, that's what that loss kind of reminds me. Of. It kind of worked in the opposite way, but it, it reminds me of that. Just so I feel like I remember correctly, I you're thinking of 2016, no? That was the year Penn State won the Big Ten, but Ohio State went to the playoff. Yes, yeah, that year. Yeah, so yeah, that was yeah. That, I know exactly, Chuckman. That was the year. I mean. That Michigan game was actually Penn State's only loss. If I remember correctly, they were say yeah. one and one going into the game, or not not only lost their last loss, they were one and one going into the game. They get like you said, they get murdered by Michigan in the big house, forty four to whatever it was, and then Saquon Barkley went full God mode and they ran the table. I'm pretty sure that was the year they played Sam Darnold in the Rose Bowl, and they won that game too, I believe. Yep, and then. After all of that, somehow Ohio State ended up at the playoff, and they got they got blitzed by Clemson. But whatever. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, it, it's it's an interesting situation. Sometimes I do think the the losses get overplayed or or downplayed depending on what the uh, what the committee wants because that's the issue when you sit there and give thirteen people. The, the control of the yeah, entire sport it because they, they, 
they get to do whatever they want and they get to change the criteria every single year to fit their own narrative. I remember when the playoff first started, the Big 12 got excluded because there was no conference championship game and the other schools got to play a 13th game and that was a 13th data point was their exact reasoning and then they adopted one and then they changed the reasoning to oh well you got to do this and you have to do that and it's it's a very big it's a it's just a very nice way for ESPN who kind of has all the who has the rights to the to the playoff just to say well we're going to put in whoever we want and there's not really much you can do about it the one thing i guess i mean i don't really know how much more time i want to spend talking about the playoff because it, like I said, it's it's only week seven. I mean, most teams have played seven or eight games. There's a lot of football to be played, a lot of teams to play their way out of the playoff. So I don't really want to sit here with hypotheticals. Wow, pardon my stroke. But the one thing I would say is this is probably that year where the 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 the, the expansion really would have helped. I mean, most other years you have your three clear teams, like you were mentioning earlier, and then you have that fourth invitational where it's like, hey, come get murdered by the number one team in America and and go on but yeah this this is a year where it would be really cool to see 12 teams in anyone can really beat anyone on any given day and well, i guess we'll just kind of see what happens i mean that i mean i don't really want to talk much more about the playoff i mean I see yeah, i'm actually going to argue that point go on cut off there uh no uh argue that point i there's four teams they may not be the four teams in the playoff, but I think they are significantly better than everyone else, and they will kill everyone else. Even though they've played some close games, I think they're significantly better. Let's and a playoff own. game would kill another team that is not one of those four. Alabama, Tennessee, Georgia, Ohio State. I think those four are heading shoulders above everyone else. How is Michigan and I think Michigan is the fifth best team. How is Michigan not? I think right Michigan is the fifth best team. Did, I, I said they're a close fifth. I mean, but like, I how are they not there? Michigan's cat. I mean, yeah, they played close games going into the second half. But I don't think they played. Have they played a one possession game yet? No, but Ohio State's like ten games or forty five plus points they've scored and. I know they haven't played anybody, but Michigan hasn't looked quite as ex- explosive offensively to where they would scare me. Scare me. I, I they're understand. good. They're very good. I and I was that. on here, on here last week saying how they have the at- same athletes as Alabama, but I still think they're the fifth best team. I I I I don't know if I I mean I I if you want to call them the fifth best team, so be it. But you, I don't think you can lump them in some different tier with the top four because you want to talk about not looking good. Alabama should have three or four losses right now. Talking about not looking good. If Texas A&M doesn't yeah, throw the ball Alabama. to, oh okay, but then you're you're doing the same thing the committee does. You're saying oh Alabama six years ago had Derrick Henry and they were nasty, so now they have to be the same thing. If Texas A&M didn't throw the ball to Egypt, they beat Alabama. Uh, if Quinn Ewers doesn't die, they probably beat Alabama. I mean, Tennessee did beat Alabama. Alabama still has to play LSU and Ole Miss. Those are not bad teams. Alabama doesn't have receivers. Uh, Alabama cannot block. Alabama uses Jameer Gibbs so much in the passing game that he doesn't even run the ball anymore. And he that's what he is. It's... It, this is not some vintage Alabama team where you you show up as Michigan State thinking you're funny and then you blink and it's 38 nothing. 
I'm just saying if you want to if you want to lump in a top tier of teams, there needs to be five of them. Michigan has to be there. And speaking of that, I do want to again. I don't want to keep talking about the playoff and all this. I I want to segue to next week or this upcoming Saturday because there's some pretty good games. I mean, Kentucky, Tennessee. Oklahoma State, Kansas State, and then kind of the two big ones in the Big Ten Conference, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan State, Michigan under the lights. Um, I, I said just sticking with the two Big Ten games, which one do you want to start with first? Uh, let's do Ohio State. I, I, I agree. Just kind of quickly get over that and get to the big one. But I think it's funny. Um, yeah, I don't think there's much to talk about. I mean, I the only thing I was actually going to bring up is Fox screwing over people and not putting the Penn State game at night. Penn State is yet to play their whiteout game and you've got number two in the country at home and Fox is like, well, I want that for big noon. And they and they screw over the whiteout. Big noon, because Michigan's played it all noon games and it's kind of because that noon slot, I don't know if I, I told you, you this or I said this on a pod, they tried to make that noon spot like almost more prestigious than the three thirty spot. Like to me, prime, I mean the afternoon prime time. Obviously, you play your seven thirty eight o'clock prime time game. The three thirty game on CBS in the SEC was always the the big game of the afternoon. Any slate before a night game, and now it's kind of this big noon has the like Fox has determined that their their big game is at noon. Because I think it's because CBS has the three thirty game, and it's like these stations have their have to have their own time slot for their yep. big their big primetime game, and so that's why noon is kind of seen a little more prestigiously in the Big Ten. I think now. I, I mean, I, mean you're, I think that's your exactly right. Is they don't want to sit there and try and compete with CBS. They could, and I mean, maybe they would probably win. You, the Fox has absurdly deep pockets. The, the Big Ten's got some pretty good brands and. Sometimes brand, sometimes brand beats football, but I think they just yeah. didn't even necessarily care enough to try competing with them. And you're right, they're trying to push this narrative that 12 o'clock is awesome. The, the, again, I'm just trying to say is Penn State against Ohio State when Ohio State's number two and Penn State's number 13, that screams whiteout, and it's a shame that Fox had to say, no, you can't have it. That, 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 that's really all I wanted to say. I mean, you're right. In terms of actual football, I expect Ohio State to probably blow them out the same way they've done to everyone else, just because they're starting to get healthy. Travion Henderson, Mayan Williams back, Jackson Smith and Jigba back. So I, I the, the offense is, like we've said, the most explosive in America. So not much there. Um, I just don't think, yeah, my point, I just don't think Penn State's going to be able like, I actually think Penn State's defense is okay. Um, half against Michigan. but And talk about you go Michigan-Ohio State. Tough blow for Penn State. But um, anyways, I just like that offense. Like, what's his face? Why can't I think of his name? It's Clifford going to be able to put up 30 points, 40 points that it's going to take to beat Ohio State. No. Um, take the spread. Take Ohio State to cover, folks. Yep. I kept on wanting to call him Hackenberg. For some reason, but it's Clifford. Hmm. Was Hackenberg a Penn State quarterback at some he point? He was. Or I just yeah, he that? was. He okay. was. He was there before Clifford. There might have been one guy in between. Yeah, it was uh, McSorley in between. Yeah. Um, 
Yes, but no, let's talk about the big game, Michigan, Michigan State. Um, the battle for Paul Bunyan. Um, I mean, I can sit here and like pretend that, oh my God, uh, it's a very big game and it's going to be 50-50. Well, we're, we're 22 point underdogs for a reason. Um, so, I mean... I, I like I like shit talking to my friends and I'm like, well, Michigan has never beaten Michigan State under the lights before. Granted, they've only played once. I like shit talking. Yeah. Jim Harbaugh's never beaten Mel Tucker, and history always repeats itself. Yeah, it's but not going to happen this year. The only thing I'm going to say, the only thing I'm going to say is this: it's our Super Bowl. It's our it's our Jesus everything. This is the greatest thing ever for Michigan State. And I would not be shocked. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they keep this close. They get that crowd nervous. You, see, you, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you can hear it on the broadcast when there's just murmurs going on. I wouldn't be shocked. I mean... I think I might do – let me rephrase. I'm going to do the same thing I said with the Ohio State game where I'm going to go in with no expectations. But when we end the first quarter tied 7-7 seven to seven or 10-10, ten to 10, I'm going to emotionally invest myself into the football game and I will probably get hurt, but it will be well worth it. I'm going to say the same exact thing that I said for Ohio State, Penn State. I don't see Michigan State being able to score on Michigan. I don't see us scoring more than 24 points. I mean, you're, yeah, they, they, got, a, they got a really good defense. Um, I mean, we're both coming off the bye. Oh, I and it's, it's a problem, too, because Michigan – Or am I just like having a stroke? I think you cut out. Hello? Okay, you cut out there too. Um, can you hear me? Yes. Oh, this is great podcasting. Um, I was just making the point where I don't think Michigan State is going to be able to score on Michigan. And Michigan plays that old pro style, boring, and they're just going to be able to run with Blake Quorum and just kind of keep the ball away if they do if they even I think I actually think Michigan State might cover and this is this might only be 28 to 13 or something like that 28 to 10 something like that I just think they're going to be able to hold the ball once they get a good enough lead and and like for us to even have a chance to score even if we do keep it close I I think I agree with you this is one of those games where if we let this game go uh, further than one possession. I think once it becomes a two possession game, we're really kind of in a tough place. Cause like you just said, Blake Corum, fantastic running back, big offensive line. They can move the football. It's first and 10, second and six, third and two, first and 10, second and six, third and two, first and 10. It's just one of those where they get four yards per carry every single time. And there's nothing you can do about it. They're they're a big physical team. Quorum runs really well. So it's a team where once you get behind them, 
I, I you're right. I, it, it'll be very, very tough to play. But I've all I can say is I've seen stupider things happen. I've seen crazier things happen. Um, you got to imagine JJ McCarthy is shaking in his boots after last year's performance. Two fumbles, <laughs> shaking in his boots. Yeah, you if, are so lucky, JJ. You get to play this game at the big house. You know that? Because if you came to East Lansing, let me tell you, let me tell you, young man, the boys would be letting you have it. You wouldn't be able to get out of East Lansing alive. Okay, that's dramatic, but. Uh, hey, listen, can I just say. Go in place. Hold on. Don't shit talk the man because he's the reason we won last year. So if anything, we're going to say thank you, JJ McCarthy. For not being able to hold on to JJ. the football. and then thank you, JJ. Yeah, no, it should be interesting. I mean, yeah, there there probably is some pregame jitters, you know, game under the lights, rivalry, I'm, I, and you I, gotta I, always be scared. Last year was everything to lose for both teams. Yep. This year, it's nothing. It's kind of like two years ago. There is nothing to lose for Michigan State. Not to and that's got to scare you a little bit if you're Michigan. Yeah. No, it is a complete lose-lose scenario for them because if they beat us, it's, oh, well, we're not very good. You, you should beat have beat a terrible anyway. team. You yep. should have beaten us anyway. If you play us close and somehow win, it turns into, oh, well, how do you let struggling Michigan State stay with you? And then if you lose to us, Oh my! This would be a fun podcast episode if that happens. This could be a monumental seven. It could be a monumental next Tuesday. So it was interesting because we were. Uh, I was talking with my Michigan friend, and he's like, "For better or worse, Harbaugh making the playoffs last year got him five years, five extra years in yep. Michigan." And I was like, "Well, as cool as that is." You know, Coach O won a national championship and, and got, got fired, fired a year and a half later. later. That's yeah. the expectation. That's the expectation at a real powerhouse. And I gotta imagine he loses. Could you imagine he loses the this three and four Michigan State team that is going to be scratching and clawing just to get a bowl game? I'd imagine that the talk of his salary going up becomes the forefront of Michigan fans' conversations. Again. No, because Michigan has the media, and the media won't say anything, and that's usually where these fan conversations stem from, is they see some head say, oh, well, Mel Tucker's making too much money to lose football games. That's when everyone starts talking about it. They'll, they'll never say anything bad about Jim Harbaugh. It, they'll never say anything bad about Michigan. And it's just it's the way it is. It'll be, it'll be entertaining, though. I mean, like I said, I'm rooting for a great Tuesday episode a week from now. Um I think it'll be um, – it could be magical. I mean, it is – don't forget, there's probably at least five or six plays in Michigan State's playbook that have not been used so far this season because we always start practicing a play in July and we run it throughout the entire season just to use against, to get, just to use against Michigan. So we've got, we've got some trickery in the book. We're waiting. They don't know what's coming. We don't know what's coming. Maybe Mel Tucker doesn't know what's coming. Maybe it's a maybe it's a high school friend special. Maybe Jaden Reed just starts running his own routes, and Peyton Thorne's like, "All right, I'm gonna come find you." But no, that's that. that <laughs> I'm gonna psych myself out. I'm 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 gonna cut. This no, 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 that's the problem. Is like you can you can you can this game. You can always trip yourself out into getting too excited. 
about it. When you know really in the back of your mind that probably won't end well. But you but there's still so many factors that go into this game that you can trip yourself and trick yourself into. I have done that a couple of times so far this weekend. It's pretty early in the week. I've also worn Michigan State. There's a ton of Michigan people in my section at school. And uh, I've worn Michigan State stuff both days, and I'll probably wear them every day this week just, just as a silent troll. I don't even like really talk to most of those kids, but just a silent troll. Absolutely. Um, I mean, that's kind of the enough of the college topic for me. I'm going to kind of give you the last word before we get going. Well, you got anything else to say to the people? All I got to say is there's a, there's a school on the banks of the Red Cedar. Um, Mel Tucker. He's two and zero against Jim Harbaugh. Let that sink in as you get closer to Saturday night. Go green, everybody. <laughs>